0: are you born again? Catholics are often asked that question by their Protestant friends and acquaintances and many Catholics are not sure how to respond. They're asked that question and they're confused, they're bewildered. Well, if you are one of those confused, bewildered, unsure Catholics, today's homily will hopefully provide you with the insights you need to answer properly in the future. First of all, it's important to note that Protestants who ask us that question, are you born again, believe that a person is born again when that man or woman consciously embraces faith in Jesus Christ. That's the decisive moment for them. According to what St. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, Verses 9 and 10. That's the key text for these Protestants. There, St. Paul writes the following If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith in the heart leads to justification, confession on the lips to salvation. This is why preachers like Billy Graham always end their sermons with what's known as an altar call. And during that altar call, they invite people to come forward, not usually to an altar, but usually to the foot of a stage where they happen to be preaching from. And during that time, they invite these people, these men and women, to quote-unquote accept Jesus Christ. By praying what's known as the sinner's prayer. In that prayer, people confess that they are sinners in need of God's forgiveness. But they also confess that they believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross for the forgiveness of their sins and that He rose from the dead that mercy might come to them. Then they ask Jesus to forgive them, to come into their hearts and to be the Lord of their lives. So, they confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord, and they profess their belief that God the Father raised him from the dead on Easter Sunday. In other words, they fulfill those two conditions that St. Paul mentions in Romans 10, verse 9. And so, at that precise moment, they believe they are born again. The other term they will use to describe what's happened to them is saved. They will say that was the moment they were saved. Our understanding as Catholics is quite different. Although I will say that publicly professing your faith that Jesus is Lord and that God the Father raised him from the dead is a very good thing. It's a wonderful thing to do. We do it as Catholics, do we not? at every single Sunday and Holy Day Mass after the homily when we profess our faith in the Nicene Creed. Our young people are invited to do this Protestant style at almost every Steubenville East High School Youth Conference. I hope that doesn't shock you. I hope that doesn't scandalize you. I think it's great when it happens. It's very moving. But I think it's great not because I believe these teens are getting born again when they do it, but simply because I think it strengthens their faith in a powerful way when they're able to proclaim it publicly in that fashion. This expression, born again, or born from above, Ganatha anothen in the original Greek, comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3. That's the key text to remember, John 3. There, in that chapter, Jesus is having a conversation with a very devout Pharisee named Nicodemus. And during the course of their discussion, Jesus says to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Other translations will render it born from above. Obviously, this is a very important teaching to understand. Because our eternal salvation hangs in the balance. Note the words of Jesus here. He says, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. No one. Nobody. See, this is an absolute requirement for getting into the kingdom of God, for getting into heaven. It is not optional. Now you know why our Protestant brothers and sisters are so consumed with the idea. And that's great. They should be. We all should be consumed with the idea of being born again. The problem is, these Protestants do not read the rest of the passage in John chapter 3. Consequently, they ignore the very important line in which Jesus, our Lord and Savior, indicates exactly how a person is born again. Nicodemus says to Jesus, how can a person, once grow old, be born again? Surely he cannot re-enter his mother's womb and be born again, can he? To which our Lord responds, Amen, amen, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. To be born again, or born from above, according to Jesus Christ, means to be born of water and spirit. And that, my brothers and sisters, is Baptism. Through the waters of baptism, we are born again. That is to say, we are regenerated spiritually. We are given new life in Jesus Christ. This is exactly what St. Paul is talking about in our second reading today, when he says to Titus that God in his mercy has saved us, quote, through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. That says it perfectly. Baptismal grace is also known as sanctifying grace. I hope you've heard the term before. It's all over the catechism. This is the grace that makes us pleasing to God. This is the grace that Jesus Christ died on that cross and rose from the dead to give us and to give the whole world. This is the grace that we need to have in our souls in order to get into heaven. Sanctifying grace, do not leave earth at the end of your life without it. Because if you do, there's only one place you're going, and it isn't good. This, incidentally, is what it means to have original sin taken away. Many people are confused as to what original sin is. Well, we need to be clear about it. Original sin is not like the personal sins we commit each and every day. When we say that someone is born with original sin, what we mean is that person is born into this world without sanctifying grace in his or her soul. So if someone asks you in the future, what is original sin? You can tell them very clearly and simply, it's a lack of sanctifying grace. However, at the moment of baptism, that saving grace comes into the person's soul. Original sin is taken away, as are all of their personal sins. If they're being baptized after attaining the age of reason. So when an adult is baptized in the Church, all of his or her past sins are forgiven, are taken away immediately, without confession. And when they go to confession in the future, the only things they can have to confess are things that they have done since the moment of their baptism. That's the power of this sacrament. There are other effects of baptism. In baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit for the very first time, as St. Paul indicates in that text from Titus 3. Through baptism, we become members of God's family, the Church. Through baptism, we have access to the other sacraments. Baptism is the door to the other sacraments. You cannot receive Holy Communion. You cannot go to confession. You cannot receive the Sacrament of Matrimony. Unless you are baptized, it's the door to the other sacraments. And through baptism, we become God's adopted sons and daughters, and as St. Paul said in Titus 3, heirs to the kingdom of heaven. Now, does that mean we are guaranteed eternal life? No, it does not. We can lose sanctifying grace by committing a mortal sin. But thankfully, our loving, merciful, holy God has provided the means for us to get this necessary gift back again when we do commit a mortal sin after baptism through sacramental confession. Obviously, Jesus did not need Christian baptism. But as we heard in today's Gospel, He submitted to the baptism of John, which prefigured Christian baptism As an act of humility, and in order, as he said, to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus, our humble Lord and Savior, identified himself with us, with sinners, even though he himself had no sin, in order to set us an example on how to get free from our sins through sacramental baptism. So now you know what to say the next time a Protestant friend or acquaintance asks you that question, are you born again? You should immediately respond, of course. Of course I'm born again. I've been born again of water and the Spirit through sacramental baptism according to the words of Jesus Christ in John chapter 3. But let me warn you, my brothers and sisters, your Protestant friend might then ask you one pointed follow-up question. He might say to you, Great, that's fantastic. You are born again. But are you living your life like a born-again person? I can't tell you how to answer that one. I hope that in all honesty you could say yes. But if you couldn't honestly do that, I hope that you would say, well, no, I haven't been living like someone who's born again. But I will do my best, I will do my very best to live that way from now on.